The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. If you haven't heard the story yet of Koros Watches, I invite you to listen to the episode, The Rise of Koros. It's a previous Adventure Jogger episode that I did with CEO Lewis Wu. It's all about this watch company that has come out of essentially nowhere. Three years ago, you saw Garmin and Sunto on everybody's wrist. There was that random weirdo that had a polar watch, but now... You see Koros everywhere. Where the heck did this company come from? So check out that earlier episode of The Adventure Jogger. And in that episode, I made it perfectly clear that Koros is not paying me a a, a lick of money. I'm not getting a big shipment of gold delivered to the back door of The Adventure Jogger Studios from the Koros people. I, I do wear a Koros Apex that I purchased myself. I bought this with my own money. But they were nice enough to say, hey... Thanks for, for having Lewis on. Would you like to give away a watch? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's give away one. And the watch we, we gave away was the brand spanking new Koros Pace 2, which we'll talk about in a second. And then the contest was upgrade your wrist. Everybody has got something on their wrist. And there are some interesting wrists, by the way. A lot of uh, Timex, uh, a, lot of, a lot of old Seikos, got some, some uh, calculator watches, some ambit threes that uh, are still trying to sink. Even though you, you entered the contest uh, 30 days ago, your watch is still trying to sink your data. But one winner was picked at random, and we will talk about all that on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Joining us from Koros Watches, he's the director of global marketing and sales, meaning he has an office with lots of windows. Dan Shore is on The Adventure Jogger. Dan, thanks for joining us, man. Ryan, thanks so much for having me. Um, the winner, it was picked at random of the Upgrade Your Wrist contest to win a Koros Apex 2. Tony Bonanno, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Did I get the last name completely wrong? Uh same as everybody else gets on. <laughs> well, hang, hang on, Tony. We got to say it right. It looks like Bonanno, but how do you say it? Bonanno, that's right. Oh, okay. So you got to say it more yeah. Italian. You can't be like Bonanno. Right. You got to be Bonanno. That's right. He's got to talk a little bit uh, <laughs> there you go. with your hands. Let's talk before we, we get into uh, the meat and potatoes of this. Dan, we'll start with you. Dan, you, you, you don't look like you've been in the director of global marketing and sales game very long. How did you get involved with with Koros watches and, 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 and what's your journey from from, you know, the adult world to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll, I'll stop getting ID'd when I order a drink, even, <laughs> you know, it, honestly, uh, my first sales meeting in the industry, which was, uh, I don't know, uh, 11 or 12 years ago, uh, even there, I, well, granted I was, I was 11 or 12 years younger, but I, I got ID'd at, at a sales meeting. So it's kind of like getting ID'd at a wedding for those of you not familiar. It's an open bar situation that's totally closed door. And here I am. So, but yeah, uh, with, with that said, um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to be uh, in the running industry 
uh, for about 12 years now, um, more or less since, since I finished school and um, spent some time in kind of a field marketing role with uh, Saucony. So got my, got my feel for, for shoes and apparel and then made the switch over to, to more of the accessories game with, with Nathan, yeah. which at the time was, was based here in Philadelphia where I'm, I'm based. Um, and then I've been now, uh, with, with Koros for, uh, just under two years. So it's been a, been a heck of a ride with Koros, uh, and, and a, a blast. So I, I, when I interviewed Lewis, he said he showed up to his interview to be the CEO of Koros wearing a Garmin. What were you wearing when you showed up for your interview <laughs> for Coros? Yeah, um, I think I was wearing like a dress watch, um, <laughs> you know. So, like a I Michael have, Coors, we were. Like a- <laughs> it it was you know a gift from my now fiance. I don't know what brand it is, but it's a you know a leather strapped you know analog watch, and uh, you know I was I was wearing a a suit completely overdressed as I have been for every interview I've had in this industry, but you know, better, better safe than sorry. And, um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely was a Garmin wearer previously, I think as you know, many, many folks have been, um, but obviously not anymore. Dan, as you leave an interview, you know, with a watch company and they're all wearing like running stuff and you've got a suit on and you're wearing some leather strapped accessory watch you leave that interview going, there is no way in hell these people are going to hire me. I just blew this interview. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about the interview, um, so I'm dressed in a suit. Uh, Lewis is, um, you know, he was in kind of like a, you know, a pullover type sport top like that you would wear on a, on a cold cold running day, yeah, which yeah. I think in, in Orange County for him means if it gets below 70. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think we went to Olive Garden. Um, so yeah, I mean, not your, not your typical interview. And, and I, um, man, at the time I wasn't drinking caffeine and I needed it because I had, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to, to scheduling my, my flights apparently, because I'm on the East coast. I was coming back from vacation in Hawaii, which, you know, for those of you that are not geographically inclined, uh, orange County is somewhat geographically on the way between Hawaii and Philadelphia. I chose to fly over that uh, and then turn around the next day and fly back three time zones after flying forward six the day before. Um, so yeah, how I'm sitting here with you is uh, anybody's <laughs> guess, but it, it that was a fun journey and it's been a fun journey since. Did you get the unlimited uh, salad and breadsticks when you went to the Olive Garden for interview? I'm sure we got breadsticks. And you know what? Now that I'm saying it was Olive Garden, maybe it was like Carabas or something, but it was one of those. I think it was Olive Garden. <laughs> Spare no expense. We're taking this overdressed guy with this leather strapped watch to Olive Garden. <laughs> yep. We're going. We're going nuts. So, Soft drinks on everyone. Oh, yeah. So when you finally got the job, did you, after you got comfortable in it, did you go, now, Lewis, be honest with me. Was I the only person that applied for this job? Is that why I got it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had, we had been talking for a little while and, and, you know, Lewis and I, thankfully, like we've, we've, we work really well together. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to say like we finish each other's sentences or anything, but, um, you know, it's, it's a small company, so it's, it's pretty important, um, that everybody just really meshes. And, and thankfully we've, we've clicked from, from virtually day one. Um, and, and that's been really important, I think for, 
certainly for me, mm-hmm. uh, professionally, but I, I think it, it obviously helps the brand as well. And, and so, you know, with anybody, um, you know, there's a lot of folks in the company. Well, I shouldn't say a lot because there aren't that many folks in the company, but you know, the folks that we do have, whether they be remote or, or as most are in the office, I mean, when we're looking for people to join the team, I know this sounds cliche, but like the fit is so much more important than the, you know, particular background or even, you know, skill set. Cause so much of this can be learned. Um, but you know, being able to work together, uh, that really can't, you know, that's, that's an intangible. Uh, before we get to Tony and uh, Tony, I want to uh, kind of get your running background and you know, everything that got you to this point before we upgrade your wrist officially before Dan starts upgrading, <laughs> we'll get your story in a second. Real quick, uh, Dan, what is the craziest theory about Koros that you've seen online? Oh boy. Um, it's, it's hard now. Cause like there's so many crazy theories period online these days. Isn't that so, uh, weird having, that your company has yeah. crazy theories about them online? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen things, you know, I, we don't hide behind the, the fact that our, our products are, are made overseas in China and, and we are fortunate to have, um, some really great investors that are, that are from China. But I think my, the favorite one that I've seen was that, you know, the, uh, Communist Party of China uh, owns Koros <laughs> and and is extracting all of the the data from the watches, which is you know absolutely one hundred percent not the case. So you're saying uh, President Xi is not looking at my heart rate right now and going, "What is wrong with this guy?" That's correct. He may, however, be looking at your your Strava or Training Peaks <laughs> results and maybe giving you a thumbs up. That's that's totally up to him. Uh, but no, I mean we've. We've also, you know, obviously we, we have a, uh, a competitor uh, in the space that, that had a, um, you know, a security situation and, and we definitely <clears throat> made sure, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty well publicized, right? <laughs> but, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in, in the security of, of information and, and we've, you know, updated our terms and conditions accordingly. We also, you know, made sure from, from Lewis and, and, kind of the internal communication to our users to let them know kind of where their their data is is stored and and so especially for um our domestic users here in the u.s you know pretty much everything is on uh amazon web services servers um a little bit on on google and so you know that's that's where their data is being stored and, and we made that you know public information if you are not sitting down right now as you're listening to this episode of the adventure jogger i encourage you because I'm about to, to blow your mind with some knowledge. Everybody sitting down? Most electronics are made in China. <laughs> just want just want to put that out there in case you you weren't aware like if you think there's some some factory in the good old US of A making uh, GPS watches, I, I'm not familiar with that brand, but most electronics are made in China. So, anyway, all of that, <laughs> Tony Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Adventure Jogger. Before before Dan starts you know, wowing you and razzling and dazzling you with what's going to be on your wrist before too long, Tony, kind of like tell us where you're from and, and give us your your running journey. Okay, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, was not into running when I was a kid. Played other sports. Um, got into ski racing when I was in high school. Um, after trashing my knee and going off to college, I eventually switched to rugby, which was much safer. 
Um, <laughs> You're the second guest I've had that switched from running to rugby, which I never would have assumed to meet more than one person who did that. But Tony, you're number two. Yeah, right. Right. So uh, um, finished college, never really liked running, but, you know, it's always part of staying in shape for, for all the different sports. And mm. um, I think eventually after I had kids, I was probably in my mid thirties. One of my friends wanted to run a marathon. I was like, yeah, I'll run with you. I'll help you train. And yeah. so we ran laps around the block for six months while he got fit. And I kind of lost interest. He went and did the marathon and um, had a terrible time never went back, but eventually somehow I got the bug and I gave it a try the next year and went through a few years of, you know, running some five K's marathons, half marathons. And, um, I, I think I was my third year at Boston and was in the finish area. You know, you go by the school buses. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. And, uh, by the school buses after the race to pick up my drop bag and, uh, like can barely walk and I sat down on the curb behind the buses and kind of got stuck there and was like cramping up and and everything was so tight close together I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get out of there and this whole time I'm thinking to myself oh man road racing like killing myself for six months to take 30 seconds off a marathon PR so that's about when I started getting the bug for trail racing and um I think uh maybe my mid-40s or so I started getting into trail racing we had um living in new england now we have this great network of trail races in connecticut and western mass and they're they're all kind of like medium distance like 10 to 20 miles and yeah. uh spent a lot of time doing that and uh, all this time i'm uh, meeting trail runners and ultra runners and at some point got the bug for the ultras and so i've done uh, a couple of 50s and signed up for the Vermont 100 this summer, which didn't happen, of course. But, yeah. So, but it gets you excited for next summer. Cause you'll be able to do it right. next summer. Yep. Yep. So I'm rolled over. got an extra year to train. Um, looking forward to that next year. Little did you know, by the way, when you were passed out, well, not passed out, but you're laying down on the side of the, of the sidewalk between the buses, barely able to move. You're like, you know what, right. what I just did for three, some hours, I want to do that for like 10. Like this, this would no, be so right. much more fun if I could squeeze 10 hours. Yeah, if I could do four times tell the you distance. This. I tell you, though, uh, I don't think it matters what the distance is. Those road marathons are just hard. I think it's the hardest thing there is. No, they are. And, and the, the difference about it is, is it's everything is so intense, right? Like even... Like if you walk through a water stop because you don't want to spill a cup of Gatorade all over your shirt... People do look and judge you and they're like, oh, "Oh, amateur where, you know, at a trail race, if you don't stop at an aid station, they're probably going to be like, oh, look at Mr. Professional over there. Have fun, (laughs) Mr. Mr. Professional. So, yeah, it is a a little bit of a slower pace and and it's not as serious. Road races can be very intense. Yeah, definitely. Dan, one thing that's interested me about and we're going to get into to tony's wrist here in just a little bit it's got to be kind of neat to be a part of something new where you're creating something and then you're building on that creation what is it like to be you know part of something so close to the ground floor two years you've been at koros they've been in development for a little bit longer than that but you've been able to see something grow and in, in this creation of these devices almost out of thin air. What is that like? 
Yeah. I mean, that's been like the most incredible, uh, you know, part professionally for me. I mean, obviously I started at a, at a, a larger shoe brand, you know, it's, it's not Nike or, or Adidas necessarily, but it's still a larger, larger brand. And then, you know, Nathan smaller and then Koros, although catching up, uh, smaller yet, especially two years ago. And so just the amount that, yeah, you're able to just impact and how directly you impact that, you know, Lewis and I can have a conversation today and tomorrow or next week that's been implemented. And that is, that's fascinating. And it's, it's also so, um, refreshing is not the word I want, but it, it just, it's, it's just awesome to experience because like you can spend so many years or so much time spinning your wheels and get nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to just watch something happen. And, and, you know, we, we don't have this massive budget and that's fine. Um, you know, as long as like, I, I, I heard somebody say one time, like, if you're going to fail, like that's not a problem, but, but fail quickly. And the one thing that I also add to that is fail inexpensively um, and so or fail cheaply. And so, you know, not everything that we've done has been a home run in terms of our marketing and all of that. But we get to try and we try a few different things. And then when something really clicks, we we can then, you know, invest heavier. And, and, you know, you mentioned those those folks that speed through the aid station at the, uh, you know, in the trail races. Yeah. and we've been fortunate to support a few of those. Um, yeah. and that's been, you know, that's one area that we've really kind of gone, um, I don't want to say all in on, but you know, pretty heavily in on and, and, you know, we, we really like supporting, uh, the sport and, you know, especially our, our roots, whatever you want to call our roots, they're not that deep yet. I, I think they're, um, like a maple tree, pretty shallow at this point, but, um, you know, they're in, they're in trail running. And so we're going to continue to, to invest and, and, and promote what is our, our core there in, in trail running. And, and it's exciting. Now you give all that attention to the people that don't need anywhere near the battery life you're putting out in these batteries. That's the thing. You may say that you, you're, you're wooing the people that finish hundreds and 12 hours, but you're really giving your attention to the people that finish in 25 or 30 hours because for the longest time, Dan, We've been neglected. We've been the people that have, you've seen us running around at a race, late in a race, with a battery pack strapped, like duct taped to our arm so we can keep the data because we don't want to lose all that data. So you may, you may woo the speedsters, but you have a special place in your heart for the middle and back of the Packers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to give away our, our secret sauce here, but... You know, we, we obviously work with a number of athletes because at a younger brand, you know, you, you mentioned it at the top of the show, you said, you know, who the heck are these guys? Right. And so when you have a brand like that, you need somebody who's somewhat of an authority. And that's where these athletes have come into play and said, Hey, they get my stamp of approval. It really works. And, you know, you joke about the folks that are out there, you know, the Zach bitters who are running 11 hours of change for, for a hundred miles. But my favorite anecdote is, you know, Tim Tollefson, who's, who's an awesome individual along with being a great runner. Um, the first year he finished third at UTMB, he had uh, a watch from a different brand. Um, and he actually broke the course record 
Um, so did the two people in front of him. So, you know, he didn't necessarily <laughs> get could have left record, that out. <laughs> but yeah. Right. But he ran faster than anybody had ever run before on Mont Blanc and his watch didn't hold up. Right. Didn't, didn't last the whole time. And so here you have somebody at the pinnacle of the sport and the watch, you know, didn't last. So, yeah, I mean, our feeling is like, Hey, look, you know, they're going to absolutely just take the watches through the, the toughest tasks out there and we're going to hold up for them. And we're also going to hold up for anybody else who needs it. You know, I, I always love that, um, you know, up until very recently when it got updated, you know, one of the triathlon focused watches from, from Garmin, um, didn't even have the battery life to last an Ironman, um, for the bulk of individuals out there. Um, and for us our I hate calling it entry level, but our lowest priced watch had at the time 25 hours of battery life. Now it has 30. So, you know, that's, that's definitely, it really doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, whether you're super fast or, or, you know, fighting the cutoff, we're absolutely making a watch that's going to, going to last for you. You are missing a golden opportunity. And I, I, I brought this up to Lewis and when I talked to Dom Grossman, I brought it up again. You guys now are kind of doing these nylon loops, much like the the Apple Watch has them, but it's kind of a it's a nylon loop man for the for the watches. Why you do not have the Dominic Grossman mustache band available? <laughs> you've you've you missed know, out. We're we're playing around with with some different you know custom options in the future, so. I'm not saying that one's been talked about, mm. but I'm not saying it hasn't been. So, you know, we'll see what we can come up with, you know, and maybe it's probably a little too soon for, for this Movember, but you never know what could be down, down the line. Are you saying we could have a very special Vertex mustache edition, Dom Grossman mustache edition next year for Movember? You, you just, you never know. Uh, <laughs> you, you're getting, you're getting the wheels turning and, you know, I didn't realize we were doing a brainstorm session, but I'm, I'm loving what's coming. From <laughs> All right, Tony, what is currently on your wrist? What, what are you rocking right now? What were you going to wear to the Vermont 100 had it happened this year? So it would have been a 935. The Garmin 935? Yeah, a long time Garmin, um, where I started with a 205 and had a couple of those. Oh, the, the, about, the big, huge ones? Yeah, the, yeah oh. not, the, not the enormous computer-sized one, but it was pretty big. <laughs> I and, still have the box for my original. Yeah. Was it the 305? Was that the, the, the one that was? That was the, that was the next one. Yeah. Yes, yes, the yeah. orange. Like, it was huge. Right. You, right. you could only I wear had it too. Yeah, that was such a great yeah. watch, and you and you you didn't know, but after a hard training cycle of wearing the three hundred five, one one arm was bigger, sizably bigger than That's the right. other. That's right. <laughs> it's still the yeah. only weightlifting I've ever done. So. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those that got wet on the inside, and I like pried it apart, tried to replace the battery and reseal it back up, and. So that that ended up in the garbage. But, that's some love right there. When you're ta- when you're opening yeah. that bad boy up and trying to get a new battery for it, that that's that's a that's a lot of love. So so what 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 do you get out of it battery wise? Would you be able to have done the whole Vermont 100? No, no. In fact, um, this summer I was out on a trail run about 12 hours, and I actually had to get the little battery out 
these things are supposed to be good for 24, but right. I think I, I might've made it to 12. So I, I definitely would have been recharging along the way. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. I like to tell the fake story that Lewis and, and Dan were at a race before they, you know, went, went uh, public with their watches and they had seen a whole bunch of people desperately at a, at a, at a, at a late night aid station <laughs> trying to hook up battery packs and, and get them in their pack and they're right. stumbling, right. trying to get it charging. And then Dan turns to Lewis and goes, never again. I'm sick of watching this. This is just sad. We're, there's something. We have to do something about these poor people that have to charge these watches through a race. Lewis, this is our mission. And it didn't happen at all like that. But I like I like to imagine that being kind of the... Yeah, you know, yeah. when we make a commercial 20 years from now that has like that <laughs> historic feel to it, uh, that's going to be the story. Uh, right. And we might actually call on you to narrate it because that was just super well done. Back you could just pull this podcast back up. <laughs> right, and- right. <laughs> exactly. Back in 2017, Dan Shore <laughs> and Lewis Wu were at a race. Yeah, just it's it just it, it literally writes itself. So let's talk about uh, the, the pace two. This is the first basic uh, update for you guys, the second model. Uh, of something that yeah. you've already created kind of give us the the story behind the pace two. yeah so i mean obviously with any two it starts with the one right and so the pace one came out in in may of, of 2018 our first watch really introduced us to the market and you know at the time uh you know i i think the idea and this this predates me by by about five or six months and and so i think the the idea at the time was really to to look at the multi-sport market um you know triathlon and and it started with we were making a a watch that that had a triathlon mode in it and could could measure you know the the transitions and um it also had that kind of multi-button look to it um but especially when the apex came out um you know four or five months later it became very clear we had actually already pivoted more towards trail running at that point and so you know everything about our brand up until i'd say the the pace two has really been focused on um trail running primarily and and battery life and everything else like that um and so without ignoring trail running we also wanted to create a product that was going to be just something amazing for the the road runner potentially the multi-sport athlete but say somebody who's doing the you know the quicker shorter you know type races out there while still certainly having the battery life that's going to work for a hundred miler and then some for for most folks and so enter the pace too you know the the big metric that we were looking at beyond battery life was the weight you know, we wanted to be able to come out and say, hey, this is the lightest GPS watch out there. And so, you know, with the nylon band, um, the Pace 2 is the lightest watch, uh, you know, out um, the the Garmin 45S, which is actually a smaller device. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's to the point where when you wear this thing, you don't even realize that you you have it on. I mean, it's, it's so light. And so that really uh, you know the hope there is that not really hope the plan there is is that this is going to be a watch that is really going to um broaden the reach of the brand um and you know where some folks are maybe intimidated by the idea of going out and running a 
50 K 50 miler, a uh, hundred miler. Um, you know, this is going to be a watch for, for those folks, um, 5k, 10k half marathon, marathon, um, you know, what have you. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's what we've come out with. Um, a uh, good problem, I guess, is that, uh, we didn't realize how many people were <laughs> looking for this watch, uh, or a watch like this. And it's gotten great publicity, um, all over the world, frankly, and uh, yeah, so we're we're just fighting to fill orders at this point, uh, which again, it's a good problem to have. Um, so those that are listening, that are waiting for their order, it's coming. Um, we've got the factory working uh, overtime, and they're pumping out watches, and we're shipping them as, as fast as we get them in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a great um, you know new generation of product. Um, is this a chance for people to to get the the pace too, the lightest? GPS watch on the market. Is this a chance to balance out for all those people that were running with the old Garmin 305? Is this a chance for them to finally balance out their arms and get to get them back to the similar sizes? You know, I, I got to say one thing because I, 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 I owned that watch, uh, nine, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are out there that keep asking for a bigger screen, just be careful what you wish for. That's all I'm going to say, because we had that once upon a time, <laughs> don't know that we want to go back. So let's, let's just find that happy medium. <laughs> uh, some of us, some of us get into our fifties. The the bigger screen becomes almost more necessary. But right. definitely, there's a, right? Tony's there's like, I can't out. hold my wrist far enough away to see those <laughs> to see those numbers. <laughs> totally. Hey, understood. can you tell me uh, how far we are in this race? Yeah, right. Exactly. I can't see. Well, I can't read what's on my wrist. The screen's too damn big, and my three hundred five broke. I tried to pull the battery out and put a new one in, uh, but but, th- but that didn't work. So yeah, good problem to have. Uh, this is obviously doing much better than 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 you thought. Um, so there's, I'm guessing there's. There's more things because Lewis hinted to the pace two when he was on. Dan, yeah. what what are you going to hint to now that you're on the adventure oh, jogger? Man. You know, there's uh, there's I can say you know as far as additions to to the lineup or or second generations, you know, we're looking at 2021 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably mid, mid to late 2021, um, just based on you know everything in terms of supply chain you know obviously as as we look at at coronavirus i'm i'm very proud of the way coros has been able to handle um supply chain and and really just the whole brand um you know during during coronavirus that that does continue i, I won't say that it's it's done in any right. way shape or form um but you know that obviously has had some impact and so you know it just shifts the timeline for some things a little bit but yeah we will you know we'll have some updates um we hope to introduce some features that uh you know people have been asking for for a while some upgrades that that are probably necessary on some of our our higher end devices but um yeah i mean the big the big thing that we just introduced obviously about well um, a month or so ago was the the power uh component and that is you know both in conjunction with stride as far as a, a native and complete integration with stride power meters, but also, um, power directly from, from the device on, on the wrist. So the, you're talking about the weightlifting thing, right? No, no, no. So, Cause that, um, no, because you, know, you have that too. 
Yes, yes, yes. We do. Okay. We do have that. Which so, newbie was like, hey, let's put some weight uh, uh, training things on our running watch. You know runners don't weight train. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I and maybe that's that's one of the, you know, I, I ran Division three school in, in college. And, you know, there are all the little things that, that I was supposed to be doing that I just I never did. And, and <laughs> right. Weightlifting was one of them. We all tell our coach, right? We're like, our coach, <laughs> right, right, right. you guys doing your ab workout? Oh, yeah, coach. I'm totally doing my ab workout and I'm I'm hitting the gym all the time. I don't know why I still look like a doughy middle aged man, but I, I, it's just that's. Yeah. That's that's what that's what everyone did. else did it. I was just straight to the cafeteria. So, you know, <laughs> sh- well, shower first. Right, I'll, I'll clarify. Right. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we introduced the, the strength feature uh, because, you know, we recognize that there are a lot of folks that um, running is not their only activity. Um, you know, not to say it's designed for, you know, the CrossFit, um, you know, folks out there. That's not necessarily what the design was, but people that integrate some sort of lifting or strength training or core training into their workouts. And, and yes, the watch does, uh, you can build workouts for, you know, different body parts, um, and have it count your reps for your, your sit-ups or your push-ups or your burpees or, or whatever else you decided to, uh, to put in there. And we're expanding that too. I think we've recently added or, or soon adding kind of kettlebell exercises. Cause that's definitely, um, you know, when you go beyond body weight, that seems to be a very popular set of, of exercises. Um, but no, when I talk about power, I'm talking about running power. And so for those that are not familiar with, um, the, the brand stride, um, S T R Y D. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of have brought the concept of power that is massive in cycling they have brought that into into running and so rather than looking at pace or heart rate as a measure of effort which they're good power the idea is it's a much more instantaneous read of your effort you know it takes into consideration well depending on how you say it either takes into consideration or completely ignores but it levels the playing field of what surface you're on you know what your topography is so it's it's purely the amount of power that's coming out of your your body um and so you know it's it's a new not that new but a relatively new um training philosophy um it's especially important when you think about pacing and and the idea of pacing a marathon you know we talked about boston earlier right and and uh i've yeah, I've run Boston once. Running is is an interesting word to use for what I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I bonked very early, very early. When did you um, bonk, Dan? You can't leave us with with that. <laughs> let's let's call it around fifteen k. Oh, um, oh, that's really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I ran a great fifteen k. Um, <laughs> you didn't tell him that in the interview, just, too, did you? Did you leave that out at the Olive Garden? <laughs> no that that was uh that was afterwards uh that was that was wall at chorus um, oh god so yeah my my coach uh told me you know whatever you do don't run under uh, a certain time per mile um and all first of my 10 miles were under that uh, <laughs> so you know for those of you out there regardless of age uh listen to your coach they uh seem to know what they're doing but uh on the concept of power the idea is that you know um, it's, it gives you a good steady read, whether you're going downhill out of Hopkinton and through Ashland, or you're going up through, through Newton, you're going to be able to truly measure an even effort. And the idea there is to, you know, prevent the bonk. Um, so, 
you know, we have a full inter- integration with the stride power meters, which are a, a foot pod. Um, but we also, um, have an incredibly accurate, uh, power reading just straight from the wrist. Um, it's, it's actually through some independent testing, it's measured, uh, the most accurate of any of the, you know, brands we've talked about already when compared to, um, using stride. So obviously Stride's going to be the most sensitive and the most accurate because that's what they do. Um, but we're going to get pretty darn close, even if you're not somebody that owns the, the additional accessory. Tony, do you find the athletes use this to, to guide their training or is it something they look at afterwards and our athletes using it in races as feedback, control their pacing yeah. or whatever? You know, I think it, it depends a little bit on, on the level of the athlete. I mean, I know, um, you know, we've got one of our elite athletes, Reed Fisher, um, his, his coach, Tom Schwartz, um, also known as the Tin Man, who's out in Boulder. Um, he is huge on, um, on power. Um, he's actually written or is writing his PhD dissertation on, on running power. Um, so he takes a very sci- scientific analytical approach to coaching and certainly uh, looks at a few other things to make sure people aren't overtraining um, or, you know, working too hard on an individual repeat or anything like that. I think my understanding and my viewpoint is for the average, um, or, you know, the, the mainstream runner, it's, it's really going to be a wonderful pacing tool, uh, especially for longer, longer races and longer efforts. Um, so, but, but also for, for training as well, uh, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. It's, it's not something that I've, uh, used in the past in my training and, and whatever I'm calling training these days, it's definitely a number that I'm interested at, at, in looking at now, um, more for a curiosity, um, you know, component than versus, versus like actually building a training program around, around it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that's intriguing to me personally and, and figuring out, Hey, what, as my body is changing, as I'm getting a little bit older and, and changing my focus, like I think power will also be very helpful to know, like, what can I still do and what, you know, what's realistic when I'm, when I'm thinking about my training. And so, yeah, definitely interested in building around that more. So I I think it will be a great tool, uh, both training and racing for, for most folks. All right. Two more ideas here for you. And do you have a, a, do you have something to write these down with Dan? I've I've got my phone that I can type it into. How's that? All right. One feature needs to be the tattle feature where if you're not doing what you're supposed to, like your coach knows, right? So it goes automatically to your coach, your effort or lack of effort each day. And so you'll get like a little notification and it'll be a picture of your coach, your running coach, looking very disappointed. Like it's just all of a sudden your wrist starts shaking and then there's that picture of the coach going like, damn it. We're, we're almost there. Okay. We're, I, I think, I think we're close there. And the other feature would be, cause some people need that, right? Some people need just that extra motivation to, to, you know, not, not uh, completely ignore what their coaches tell them to do. The other feature needs to be the fib, the fib option where you can make it appear like you're doing exactly the workouts you're supposed to at the paces you're supposed to. So you, so your coach can look at that and it'll be on your Strava and be like, wow, they are doing all the workouts perfectly. Even if you don't want to. You know, Ryan, I think you just hit a new revenue stream for us. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you a royalty. On, 
we'll get, oh, my headphones just cut out. <laughs> That's I don't okay. know if you can still hear me. I can hear you, yeah. Oh, hold on one second. All right. Uh, I think you can hear me, but I can't hear you. So let me just. Do you want to talk bad about Dan thing. right now, Tony? Because he can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they make good watches. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're, we're back in business here. All right. So, Ryan, here's my thought. Okay. You know, you get one freebie per month, you know, yep. one freebie fib. Yes. But if you want more, you know, that's, that's going to be an in app purchase. Yes. 99 cents per fib. Right. You know, oh. that's. I mean, you can charge by the mile, too. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's there's going to be some folks out there that are going to be really upset with how we've just price gouged them. But <laughs> it, all, it all comes back to this conversation. All right. And especially with that long battery life. Oh. Charging per mile, you could really rack it up. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Dan, do you want to tag team Lewis on this tomorrow when we go into the meeting? Okay, we'll, we'll bring it up, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say one thing. There's, there's you, no matter what the price is, we will not allow you to fib for a race. Oh, so, yes. You know, so the, what's the, the, the marathon investigator, that guy, like he's not coming and, and, you know, He's not parking his car outside my apartment and <laughs> looking to, to fight me. So that's that's one rule that is just right. Right now, yeah. just know when the fibber option comes out, you can only cheat on workouts. You cannot cheat on races because if we were to allow that, the marathon investigations guy's head would explode, and right. no one wants that. They find only cheat yourself. Yes, exactly, exactly, Tony. What do you have planned now that you've got this, the, the pitch, now that you're going to have a Koros on your wrist once they can finally get enough of them uh, across the states here to get you one, but what, what are your plans for, for the rest of 2020 and into 2021? Uh, so right now I've got uh, – I'm pretty much done for 2020. I might fit in one more 50K and um, I think it's in October um, – races are starting to come back around new england not a lot but some of the smaller ultras are are able to pull it off safely so i did one uh, a couple weeks ago and like there was like 40 people entered yeah for 50k out and back and it was it, was, it felt pretty safe to me uh, other than running over the rocks which didn't feel too safe but... <laughs> other than a couple of trips everything else uh, felt pretty safe for you so so once I get through that, it'll probably be uh, kind of shift into winter mode and do some long, slow stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I I don't know. I don't I don't really plan that far out, but I do have two races that are rolled over to next year. So 50K in April and then Vermont in the summer and uh, whatever else comes up. You'll be good to go. So that's about it. You'll be set. Um, I think we all, all of our plans, the three of us on this podcast, all that, all the royalties we're going to get off the uh, off the fiber <laughs> option, we're all buying yeah, right. red sports cars. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's going to be made by Italians. Um, they're, they're not going to be reliable, but damn, are they going to be fun? Are they going to be made in China? <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> some, some component will be <laughs> Dan Shore he is the director of global marketing and sales for Coros Watches Tony Bonanno thank you for, for first of all entering and listening to the Adventure Jogger I hope you get a, a kick out of your new Coros watch and you have a, a just a great 
the rest of your 2000 and an incredible 2021. Thank you, Ryan. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 